0: Thank you for joining me today. I pray the Lord will bless you and use his word to strengthen your life. I pray this is a blessed time for you and your family. And by the Lord, keep you as the apple of the eye. And God's people said, Amen. And thank you for being with me today. A very special teaching today on what the Bible says about sex. A subject we need to talk about because a lot of things are being said out there that are not biblical. So let's see what the Bible has to say about this and thank you for being my partner. I pray the Lord will really richly bless you. Now let's pray, blessed Lord, thank you for your word. To you belongs the glory. To you belongs the majesty. To you belongs all the praise. We love you with all of our hearts. Bless your people, Lord, mightily today. And meet every need. Amen. All right, so I began talking yesterday about what the Bible says. And I dealt already with adultery, and now I wanna deal again and continue with fornication. What does the Bible say about fornication? First Corinthians chapter six, let's go to first Corinthians chapter six, and I wanna begin reading with verse 18. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's, by living a holy life we glorify the Lord with our own lives and bodies. That's what this message says quite clearly. Glorify God in your body. Thank you, Lord. So um, in 1 Corinthians 7, and we're gonna read verse two, nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife. And let every woman have her own husband. I'm going to give you scriptures first, and then I'm going to discuss it. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 3. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, which is greed, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Don't even let that be named one time among you. And finally, First Thessalonians chapter four and verse three. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should be that ye should abstain, that ye should abstain from fornication. Now, the Bible tells us in Romans 12 to be not conformed to this world, don't let the world around you push you into its own mold, squeeze you into its own mold. And that's why we need to Draw on God's grace, draw on God's strength. Look to the Lord, because we need to stand up and be counted. We need to stand up for our conviction. Now, the Bible says to us very, very clearly in Hebrews 13, four, the bed is undefiled. I know we read that yesterday, but let's read that again today, because this is very important we understand what the Bible has to say about marriage. Marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. That word whoremongers means fornicators. And adulterers, God will judge. So the Bible tells us very clearly that marriage is holy. Marriage is honorable. And the Bible speaks clearly about the fact that in marriage, sex is holy. Outside marriage, it is sin. That's what the Bible says. Marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers, adulterers, God will judge. So sex is for marriage and marriage alone. And the Bible never weakens on this point, ever. So we must stand up for who we are in God. We must live a holy life, holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord, I told you yesterday. After getting saved, I was invited, a few days after I got saved, I was invited to a group uh, to meet with a a group of Christians from church who invited me to go to uh, some meeting in some apartment. And I'm thinking I'm going to have some fellowship with the saints, you know. Instead, things began happening in that apartment that were not Christ-like at all not biblical at all, not holy at all. I walked out, I was very troubled, I was very upset because I was only saved days prior to that. And now I'm looking at these young people who call themselves Christians, doing what was unchristian. And as I was walking back home, on Don Mills Avenue by the Fairview Mall in Toronto. I'll never forget, I looked up, I said, dear Jesus, I don't want this, I want you. And I felt a blanket of love literally cover me. I told you yesterday, I grew up in a home where uh, my dad, my own mom and dad were very wholesome people. They were not, believers, we were Greek Orthodox, we were not born, born again believers. And we all lived clean lives because we were, we were afraid of my dad. We, we, we feared my dad. And uh, that's why we all grew up in a clean home. My daddy, I mean, goodness gracious, if no smoking, no drinking, no nothing, you know, allowed. And we grew up uh, fearing, our parents, obeying our parents in our culture. That's a must. Today, it's not the same in this world. So I got saved and I was still you know, wholesome in those days and that we we really lived clean lives because of our culture. And now I walk into this place after being born again and now these kids who say they're born again are living not wholesome uh, lives. (laughs) But I'll never forget, I made that decision. And when I did, God gave me the strength to live that kind of life. I've been living it now over 50 years. You say, well, you're Benihim. No, I'm a man, I'm human like anyone else. Suzanne and I have lived a clean, holy life, all of our married lives, all of our married days. We had some struggles in 2010, 11, and 12. But we never lost our fear of God. We came back together because of our oneness spiritually. And the problem is today, a lot of people are married who are are not one spiritually. And that's what the word means, help meet. Help meet means comparable to him. One who is just like him, meaning spiritually. Because remember, Adam and Eve were one spirit already. God didn't breathe twice. He breathed upon the man and he took a bone out and built that bone, made is the word, asa is the Hebrew, and that word asa means to build. And he built him a wife with the same spirit that he had. They were already one spirit. And so it says whom God has joined together. How? Spiritually, spiritually. Marriages last when they are spiritually one. I've said something very important here. Marriages last when they're spiritually one, but they don't last when they're not one spiritually. Now, my mom and my dad, they were married years ago. It was pre-arranged uh, pre, uh, uh, you know, marriages. And in, in our part of the world, pre-arranged marriages, most of them, there's no divorce because they honor the parents. They honor the mom and dad. My sister Rose, my sister Mary, both had prearranged marriages. They're happily living today with their, with their husbands for years and years. Dear Rosie married before I was, she loves George. My dear sister Mary loves her husband also, who's the brother, by, by the way, they, they married two brothers. Two sisters married two brothers. And like I said, falling in love is not love. Falling in love is emotional. You can fall in love and fall in hate in one day. Love is a decision. Love is a decision. When I married Suzanne, it was her father and I who decided I would marry his daughter. I did not even know my wife when her father and I made the agreement. Because I saw a picture of Sue, and the Lord said, that's your wife. Didn't even meet her. And my father, I'm uh, sorry, her, her father called her, Roy uh, Houghton, the pastor, and said, I found you a husband. She didn't even know me. Her grandmother, who was a saint, said that the Lord told her I would marry Suzanne because she was praying one day before they even met me. And she said, who will Suzanne marry? And the Lord said, Benny Hinn. And she said, who's Benny Hinn? And I came along. So my mom and my dad married when they were young, but they were really one, and the Lord put them together, and later they got saved together that shows you spiritual oneness. So and I, the same thing, spiritual oneness. A lot of you who are watching, spiritual oneness, that's why you're still together, even though you haven't always had happy days. No marriage is perfect, come on, we all know that. But that oneness in the spirit keeps us together. Now, let's talk about flirting. Means, here's what flirting is. It means, Uh, Courting with no intention to marry. And frankly, that's unworthy of a Christian. Flirting is courting somebody without the intention to marry that somebody, which is unworthy of us as believers. And flirting has been described as attention without intention. Courting or flirting, I'll say it again, flirting is attention without intention. All they want then is sex. They don't want to make a commitment. So love is too serious to play with. And because often that results in, in a lot of hurt, uh, a lot of wounds, And I think it's dangerous. And Paul told Timothy to to treat uh, younger women as sisters, not to flirt. So let's go to first Timothy and let's look at chapter five. And let's look at verse two. The elder women as mothers the younger sisters with all purity, with all purity. So uh, don't get locked into a friendship until you know that you know that you know you are meant for each other spiritually. I want to say it again. Do not get locked into any friendship with a girl or a guy until you know you are meant for each other, that you are one in the spirit. And that's why when you begin courting, give it time. Now the Bible says, do not be yoked with unbelievers. Now courting you know, is important once you know this is gonna be my wife. So I repeat, do not begin that friendship till you know that person is meant to be your husband or your wife, and you'll know it spiritually. Now, once you begin that courtship, give it time, because time prepares you. Time reveals everything about the individual. The Queen of England made a decision for her family after her son Charles was divorced, and then Andrew was divorced. So she she decided to kind of pass a rule, and I read about that, that she wanted them to wait five years, that the courtship should go for five years before they really marry, because there's a lot to get to know about each other. You just, you, you you don't move quickly. Now again, unless the Lord spoke clearly, and God has done that with people, what well, God does speak often very clearly, but it's confirmed by so many in the family. When the Lord spoke to Roy and I, that I would marry Suzanne, my mom heard, heard from the Lord, her mother heard from the Lord, her grandmother heard from the Lord. And then slowly, you know, we began developing a wonderful friendship and things have been wonderful in that area spiritually. but you can sense that union, you know, quickly in most cases. But even there, you have to really build. You have to really get to know each other before you say, I do. Okay? Because, uh, and the reason is, is because it's, you know, it's a very serious decision. Think about that. When, when, when you get married, the wife you marry will have tremendous influence in your life. And I said it yesterday, I'll say it again. God gave that man or men the position, the authority as husband, but he gives the woman the influence and influence is so powerful because it can influence that man for God or against God. And God, found Eve, at that time called Adam, he gave them both the same name, by the way, according to the Bible, that's in chapter five, it says he called them Adam. Later it was Adam who called Adam Eve, the mother of all living, Hava. And so it's clear they were one already in the spirit. And God will bring people together in the spirit. And please understand marriage Like the Bible says, do not be yoked with unbelievers. So, uh, you know, make sure, number one, they are walking with God, living for the Lord, they love Jesus. And two, understand it is a yoke. Marriage is a yoke. Because it's, it's a oneness. You can't break that thing. It's not a yoke in a bad way. It's a oneness. So when it says don't be yoked, with unbelievers, don't become one with them. Don't be attached to them. And and marriage is an attachment. And, and the Bible tells us very, very clearly too that in 2 Corinthians 7, 14, that when a lady, for, for example, is married already to a man and then she is saved, that that oneness remains. And the Lord will bless that unbelieving husband because the lady now is walking with the Lord. So let, let me read this for you. In uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter seven, 1 Corinthians chapter seven and verse 14. If I said 2 Corinthians, forgive me. It's 1 Corinthians 7, 14. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now they are holy. So it's, it's, it's beautiful. Now, courting prepares for marriage. Still no sex outside marriage. So courting prepares for marriage. And the bride should present herself on that wedding day as a pure virgin. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, And I want to say something about this, and I know this could be a little, maybe somebody won't really like what I have to say, but I have to say it. But let me read this. I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. My wife and I, when we got married, we were clean virgins. I never knew anybody before her, and she didn't know anybody before me. I believe that's why we're still together, frankly. So, when you present yourself to the Lord, now again, some of them may say, well, yeah, but I'm not like that, or I know someone who's not like that. Okay, God will forgive and cleanse. But when you start in that that life, you start living holy. When you are saved, it's a new beginning, I know that. Look, look, any man in Christ is a new creation, all things are passed away, all things are new, I understand that. I believe that. So you who are listening to me that may have not had that kind of experience that Sue and I had, yet when you are saved, it's like it never happened, okay? In God's books. But you have to start with holiness. And courting is good. Sex, outside marriage, no good. It's a sin against God, quite simple. But now you begin and you present yourselves as holy to each other on that day. And when the Lord puts people together, uh, there's a a need for uh, self-control. When God puts you together, self-control, because the Bible says very clearly, we have to have self-control before we say, I do. I want to talk about that. So let me give you a scripture here real quickly. I may go just a little over time today because I want to finish the teaching today, and not have to continue tomorrow. Proverbs 6 and 27 through 29, can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burnt? Can one go upon hot coals and his feet not be burnt? So he that goeth in to his neighbor's wife, whosoever toucheth her shall not be innocent. So this is, Very, very important. My mom used to say to me, now, Benny, remember, you have the fire, she has the fuel. Be careful. Wait till you're married, and we did. And it's true. Men have the fire, women have the gasoline. So be careful. The Bible says, can a man take fire in his bosom? His clothes not be burned? So we have to use self-control. Okay, let me show you 1 Peter chapter 1. I know I'm saying things I've not talked about before, but I think it's important to talk about what the Bible has to say about this subject. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. But as he which hath called you is holy, be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, be ye holy, I am holy. So only by God's grace Can we really live that kind of life? And we draw on God's grace, and that's how we we receive strength, frankly. Uh, Titus chapter two and verse 11 and verse 12. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we shall live soberly Righteously and godly in this present world. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So we draw on God's grace. It says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, including you. And that grace enables us and teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. So if you ever feel weakness, call on the Lord. And then you remember, my kind. I'm talking now to those of you that says, "Well, you know, um, I've, you know, I've, I've not lived that kind of life, and I've had a bad past, all that." Yes, all right. But God forgives, and once we are forgiven, we are born again, sin no more. That's what the Lord said to the woman, in John. And let me read you. Micah 7, 8, rejoice not against me, O my enemy, when I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be light unto me. That's a, that speaks of restoration. God has promised to restore you, to restore anyone who has failed in some area in life. But now we make a decision, we will live holy we will have self-control by God's grace. And remember, marriage is honorable. Sex belongs only in marriage, not outside marriage. It is a sin. And I want to be really blunt. Those who choose to live in sin will not even see will not even see the kingdom of God. And the Bible makes that very, very clear. I wanna read you one more scripture and then pray with you. First Corinthians chapter six, verse nine. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, Nor anyone who is living an unholy life, thieves, covetous people, drunkards, revilers, extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. But such were some of you, but you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. All things are lawful unto me, all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Yes, the Bible is clear on this. No one will make heaven who is living a life that is not holy. I shared with you the word today. I spoke what the Bible says. And I will leave it at that, because I love you. But please know the Lord loves you, the Lord forgives you, the Lord will restore you. Make a decision today to live for him. Make a decision today to give your life completely over to the Lord, and you'll find his peace, his joy, his forgiveness, and his love. Lord, I thank you for your word. Bless your people, Lord, today with strength, with holiness, with righteousness. Yes, Lord, sow your word in them. Establish your word in them. and Establish them in your way and your word. We give you all the praise. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. Thank you for being with me. And now I'm going to ask you to give to the Lord's work today. Sow your seed in faith, in joy, in trust, and expectation. Your future is brighter than your past more glorious than you know, and when you sow seed, not only do you guarantee your tomorrow financially, but you also guarantee the harvest that will come over and over and over again. I'm gonna ask many of you today to increase your seed, increase the amount you give to the Lord. This is the time to go to higher grounds, higher altitudes with no turbulence. So now, as you give that seed, as you increase your seed, literally, you will bring protection to your future. I will remind you again of Ecclesiastes 11, 2. Sow a portion of seven, also of eight, for thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. Meaning, when you increase your seed, God Almighty will protect you from evil tomorrow. Do it today and be blessed. Give generously. And God will honor you for it as you honor him. Lord, bless them greatly. Yes, Lord, give them the harvest mightily. Bless their life in every way. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you can give now on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our website, bennehan.org, or you can simply text BHM45777. Tomorrow, another teaching. That will really bless your life. Thank you again for being my wonderful friend and partner. And I'll see you tomorrow.